welcome to Croxley Green Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. I was uh, on the Met Line coming back from London on Wednesday afternoon when I ran about Harrow on the Hill. A man got on and sat opposite me and uh, I noticed he had a yellow, an orange dot on his forehead. He was uh, someone of the Hindu faith. I looked at that dot on his forehead, I thought, I wonder why you've got that on. I wonder why you've got that. What's it signify to you? And it brought back to mind another encounter I had with somebody with an orange dot on their forehead 25 years ago. And I went to India, to Pune, to work at uh, the Indian Institute for Tropical Meteorology. I was working with four very bright uh, young scientists. I wonder what ever happened to them, because they were good limited by the facilities they had and to be honest the structures of the Indian civil service but sharp and this young woman came in one Tuesday morning I remember with the same mark on her forehead and I noticed at the back of the site there was a little shrine to an Hindu deity with with a bowl with orange dye in it so I asked her about the mark on her forehead and yes she had been to that shrine that morning and I asked her why she'd marked her head she said well I'm fasting today I was interested in fasting at the time and so I said well can you tell me a bit more about that and she looked at me blankly I said well it's a family tradition we always fast on a Tuesday and that was it She always fasted on a Tuesday because that's how she had been brought up. And that's what she continued to practice. I wonder if Lent can feel a little bit that way too. We're in the middle of Lent now, two weeks in anyway. A tradition which increasingly, actually in a Baptist family, we take note of. And yet, perhaps there is little understanding of why we do it. Tradition is that we give something up. I wonder what you've given up this Lent. Who's given up chocolate? Ooh. Who's given up cake? Who's given up biscuits? I was going to watch you then when you were having coffee. You've given up anything. Have you given up giving up? Hmm. Well, the tradition is that we give up something. But actually, a lot of people don't know why they give up something. Is it because God wants to make us miserable until the uh, season of Easter comes along? I don't think that's true. The true theme of Lent is that we give up on the outside so that we can receive on the inside. We give up on the outside that we can receive on the inside. We give up on the outside so we can reorientate our life from a focus on our desires and will towards life focused upon the will of God. Perhaps it's not the most favourite of uh, Christian seasons. We like celebrations, don't we? But here we celebrate in a different way. And in a culture where everything is available where we're able to satisfy nearly our every comfort and need and desire. 
I think Lent is needed more, more than ever before to contain those desires. The outward things of Lent are about the inner desire that we have. Lent is about building a resilience spiritually up within us, a resilience in our individual lives, to join in a life that matches something of the will of God, the general will of God that we see expressed in the life of Jesus and the life he calls us to live. But also a desire to join in the wider will of God as we serve his purpose in the world. Lent is a test. And it draws upon the testing, the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness. And as we look about how Jesus interacted with Satan in these stories, as we understand how temptation and testing works, then we grow in our ability to live for God. As Robert said, this is the second temptation Jesus faced. And it's focused upon Jesus' relationship with God, a place we too are tested and are vulnerable. Satan comes to Jesus and twists God's word. If you are the Son of God. If you are the Son of God. Sowing seeds of doubt for at his baptism, Jesus, God declares over Jesus, this is my son, whom I love. And yet the attack comes, if. Lack of assurance of God's love is something that we can all be vulnerable to. It undermines our worth, our value, our esteem. A lot of New Zealand seems familiar, the culture and the life. And I was staying with Jocelyn and Alex in Rotorua, and uh, Jocelyn likes watching New Zealand's version of Long Lost Families. You watch that over here, Long Lost Families in ITV? About helping people to find their birth family or missing separated brother or sister or things like that. It's a bit different in New Zealand. The guy presenting it looks like a gangster to me. Looks like he comes straight from a new, you know, an East End gangster family. But, but I caught a glimpse of this story about a young Maori woman who had never known her birth father. And what you need to know about Maori culture is, which is increasingly important in New Zealand, if you don't know your family history, you know one. You don't know where you came from. If you don't know your family line, you aren't counted as important in their culture. And so they were able to trace this woman's father. And there was the moment of reunion where they met for the first time. And she walks into uh, a Maori community hall and there's her father with his two sons. And they break into a hacker which is a sign of welcome and acceptance into the family. And this woman sobs because she knows who she is. And she's accepted and she is known. 
At the heart of the Christian faith is God wanting to know you, to say that you are known and you are accepted. And yet each one of us can struggle with that. As God spoke words at his baptism over Jesus, so God speaks words of hope and promise over us. In John, in his first chapter, the Gospel of John, says, to those who believed in Jesus' name, he gave the right to become children of God. Do you know that? Not just the words, but do you know it? And it's sealed not with a hacker. It's sealed with the presence of the Spirit who is constantly whispering this truth to you. The Spirit, as Paul said, in the passage that Robert read to us. The Spirit is given so that we may understand what God has freely given. And God freely gives this to you. The truth that he declares over you. That the Spirit shouts to you. In your inner life. Do you know it? And do you trust in it? Because that's the second part of the attack that Satan brings to Jesus. Not about the fact of his relationship with God, but does he trust God's love in all circumstances? You know, in the night before Jesus died in Gethsemane, Jesus, Jesus is tempted to give in to this temptation that Satan had faced him with three years before. He knew the truth of his relationship in that garden. My father, he prays, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. That's what Satan's tempting him with in this temptation. To give up the road to the cross, to bypass it, to let his glory be seen before his suffering and death. If it's possible, Jesus prays, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Satan wants to tempt Jesus off the road that God has set for him. Surely if you're the son of God, your father wouldn't want any harm to come to you. The angels will lift you up with their hands. So your foot will not strike the stone. And yet, the wisdom of God is not the wisdom of humanity or of Satan. God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden, is greater than any human mind has conceived. Who'd have thought of these things that God has prepared for those who love him? Jesus, sure, his relationship with God, trusted God all the way to the cross so that we might be free to know the security of our Father's love and to trust in it through our lives. And Jesus resists 
by looking back into the history of Israel, the history of his people, his heritage, his family. When God warns the Israelites long, long ago, do not put your God to the test. The twisting of Satan's, the twisting of God's promise by Satan is countered by trust in God's command. Do you know Lent can be part of that process where we build up a, a history of trusting God? That as we lay aside those things which we rely on, which build us up, which give us life, we can meet God and build up a trust and dependency upon him. You see, there are moments in your life that you will find hard. When you will kind of wonder why God would bring you to this moment of trial and testing. When Satan will raise the same question he raised with Jesus. Is God really trustworthy? Does he love you? Does he care for you? Does he know you? Or Jesus' resistance and Jesus' death and Jesus' resurrection say yes. But the struggle was not the final word for Jesus, nor is it for us. Jesus was raised. Jesus was lifted up. So that you will, he did not have to strike his foot against the stone because it was rolled away. So I encourage you, you, you're not too late. Think about what, how you're going to respond to God in Lent. Because whatever you set aside, let it not just be for a season. Let it develop in you a resilience which goes way beyond these 40 days. That will allow you to be securing, knowing that you are loved by God. And knowing that despite whatever circumstances you face in life, when things beyond your control are taken away, and there are many in our world facing that at the moment, when those things are taken away, you will know that God is there. And God's purpose in your life and in this world will end you. 